you know, as Christians, we have to understand and, and be real with where we are. That's what we have to see first, individually. And what where our mindset is and what we desire. Airing the Addisons. I think what God is really calling us back to, it's those individual personal revivals in our own lives where we're like, oh Lord, what have we done? We have minimized you. Promoting truth, wisdom, and empowerment. As the church, man, we should be on the forefront yes. of making disciples, of indoctrination and godly things. If we don't train our kids, they will not be able to stand. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Aaron Addison's on American Family Radio. Thank you so much for listening. It's great to be back with you. <laughs> I'm I'm Miki. And I'm Will. And J Mac and Sherry B are on tap to help us navigate the show. We're gonna get around to your calls today. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, whenever we are away for any length of time, I feel <laughs> like we've missed a family. And so Man. we just gotta kinda just gotta kinda get caught up a little bit. Bear yeah. with us. Uh so we do radio. Uh how are y'all doing? <laughs> that's, that's, everybody doing okay all the family doing all right yes anybody people expecting? talking to their radios right now yes yeah, making right. me fine. thank doing you good. great I'm, I'm i'm really glad to hear that uh anybody oh, in, you know is, is, is there any can i just make people laugh so our family some some of our family came into town um for thanksgiving mm-hmm. and um and unfortunately i don't know what's been going on i don't know what's been going on but for the last several visits <laughs> where any of our family comes into town, one of our kids decides that usually he. <laughs> it's usually <laughs> the same one. Yeah. Yeah. What's up with him? The outbreak monkey. I mean, that's. <laughs> anyways, we have to explain that to him when he gets older. He doesn't understand it now. Um, but he usually decides to get sick. Right, right before somebody's coming into town. Like, and this is really on, bad man. for us. And why is this bad for us? It's bad for us because we kind of are the notorious like germ phobes. Like we, we are the people that are just kind of like, you know, mm, I'm not there. And I'm, and I'm working on it. 17 years. We're, we're hitting on 17 we, years uh... here. And I'm trying, I'm trying to get you there. I'm trying to get you there. Listen, you're welcome for everything that I did for you during the pandemic. You're welcome. Okay. All of these late breaking news, uh, studies show washing your hands. What, why is that late breaking? <laughs> right. Why is that I news? I washed my hands before. Who though? conducted the study? The Bible already told us this. I washed my hands before the pandemic. Okay, right. But what I'm saying no, is. You're not going to play me like that. <laughs> oh, we're not going <laughs> to play me. No. <laughs> you did wash your hands. Yes. Before the pandemic. Listen, um, you're derailing my point. Here, okay, here's the thing. <laughs> and, and, and I promise you that this all ties into the greeting, by the way. This all ties into the greeting. Okay. So I, the day before. Mm-hmm. Members of our family were to travel, come to town, and uh, reside at our Airbnb, meaning our house. <laughs> right? Man, you got to find. We make no profit of that. You, I don't know if that's yeah, an sure Airbnb. Yeah, sure we did. There's, there's all profit okay, gumbo. in family. The gumbo. blessing of being together. Gumbo. Um, and gumbo. <laughs> and, and, and people who cook meals that you don't have to cook. And melatonin. Amen and amen again. Melatone. Merlaton. No. Uh, anyways, so, so the day before our family is to arrive. Mm-hmm. Um, we noticed that we've got a little bit of a, of a situation. Right. And I'm always conflicted because there's a part of me that just kind of wants to cancel Thanksgiving. It's over. <laughs> We're not doing it this Don't year. Come. We're going to just, you know, everybody just, but then here you are. What other plans can people make when they've made plans for months that everybody's coming to your home? Right. You, so you have to either try to quarantine, right? <laughs> Which is impossible. 
Oh, good grief. Six, six children. <laughs> you have to put them out on the roof or and something. And look, the one that usually gets sick is the one that's always in people's faces. Like, always. So you can't quarantine. It's like. No, no. And <laughs> anyways, so so I want to, guys, look, for better or for worse, mm-hmm. here's the truth. So I told our family once they arrived, but here is the funny part, though, um, because I didn't want to say, hey, you guys probably should just not come, you know. Um, anyways, so they get here and I said, all right, guys, everybody's here. Great. I have an announcement to make. <laughs> and I couldn't understand why they all kind of like <gasps> it, it was like this. Oh, my goodness. Like, you know, and I, I was looking I kind of I didn't I didn't make the connection. Yeah. They yeah. thought that I was about to announce that we were having another baby, <laughs> which I'm kind of conflicted oh. over their response right, to. Right. Like, I, I mean, mean guys, on, like, which, oh. you know, ties in nicely for today's topic, by the way, ties in nicely. <laughs> um, but anyway, I said, no, wait, what, what's the what's the problem? Like, why are you guys looking like that? And and my sister said, go ahead with your announcement. <laughs> well, uh, we've we've had a bit of an outbreak and uh, we think we have it contained. 88 percent contained right uh and then she goes oh i thought you were gonna say you're having another baby (laughs) man i need a cricket soundtrack i I need a soundtrack that i can just play Mm -hmm. when um i'm in a situation like that anyway today we're asking the question where have all the children gone Mm. (laughs) nice segue i didn't even intend that to be the segue um it does work Mm -hmm. my question was to the point which made me think about that was asking is anyone uh, expecting? Anyone want to make any announcements? Anybody? Is there a baby <laughs> coming for anybody? Anybody? Any family? Any grandbabies? New grandbabies coming? Because mm. it's been a week since we've talked to you. Yeah. So just email us and let us know if you've got any birth announcements. Uh, I'd be curious <laughs> to know about that. Um, but today I'm asking the question, uh, where have all the children gone? I'm, I'm looking at this new uh, P... It's going to happen because I haven't I haven't done radio in a week. <laughs> so <laughs> I get rusty. I'm sorry. It's not a P research study. It's a Pew research study. And by the way, that's a wonderful oh, vegetable that we did have along with the green beans. So it's not that I'm trying to relive Thanksgiving. I'm sorry. Um, Pew. <laughs> taking my time here. Warming up. Yes. All right. Looking at a Pew research study Mm -hmm. that shows most adults now polled uh, who are of childbearing age Mm -hmm. say that they are um, not planning. They're not likely to have children. Mm. And those who were polled who actually have children Mm -hmm. um, are saying that they're kind of not likely to have any more. Okay. So okay. I want to, there, there are two articles here. So I've got a Christian Post article in front of me. And then I've also got a very liberal article from um, the news outlet or the magazine outlet, The Week, which mm. is really interesting because when you kind of uh, compare these two articles, I mean, it's, it's kind of what you might expect in, in some ways. But from this liberal article that I was looking at and comparing the information and how it gets processed, um, it, the reason for the decline in the birth rate and the reason that people are not planning to have children is because we have a horrible welfare system <laughs> from the, from the liberal outlet, because, yeah. because we, we don't allow people the means by which to care for their children okay. via government. Right. And so then people decide they're not going to have children. Okay. Um, <laughs> 
Anyway, we can talk a little bit more about that. But let me turn to the Christian Post article first here. And I want to kind of take our time and Mm -hmm. have a conversation around this Mm -hmm. and just kind of explore where we as believers really fall when it comes to the authority of the word of God. Like, do we really believe that the word of God is authoritative? Or, you know, do we say that because it makes us feel better in conversation like with other Christians, you know, and but then there's some things that we could just kind of take or leave. And and that's the question. And and by the way, I'll, I'll be completely vulnerable mm-hmm. and completely honest. I've written about this. Um, this was a journey that I was on as it pertains to children. Yeah. And will the great will testify mm-hmm. to this. Um, I did not always see children as a blessing. And I recently had a conversation with someone where I was sharing that this is a part of my testimony, right? This is a part of what God does in the life of a believer. There are many things that God does in our lives. um, And this is something that God did in my life to convict me, um, to show me my heart, Mm. to show me the, um, the disdain that I felt for children while covering it up because I had children. Mm. (laughs) Like, of course I love children. I have children. (laughs) Um, But you know, Man, leave it to the Holy <laughs> Spirit of God to show you yourself, you know, beyond what people can see yeah. and beyond what you're doing. Oh, he's good at that. Oh, oh my yeah. goodness. I, <laughs> I, my goodness. Just to really drill down, right? And this mm. is a blessing. I'm so glad that the Lord doesn't leave us the way that we are, Amen. whereby we are kind of like deceiving ourselves, mm. right? Because we can feel just good enough about what we're doing because other people look at it and they think that we're good <laughs> mm. and, and, you know, but the Lord really is after our heart and, and right. truly sanctifying us, uh, conforming us into his image and his likeness. And so that's so important, but, but here's, here's the thing. I, I want to look at this article and then have a conversation around it. want to look at the scriptures and then ask ourselves a question. Have we really adopted the world's view of children, even in the church is the, mm. the world's view of children, something that is pervasive in the church and has it finally kind of just caught up, um, the church being the last holdout. When, whenever you have a, a culture that's in decline, it's going to be the people of God who would be the salt and the light, right? So if, if you've got a culture that says uh, children are an afterthought, um, <laughs> then it would be the church who'd be holding out. But then once the church finally gives in and says, yeah, you know, they kind of are. Man, right. Then man. now you you begin to feel the effects of that. And yeah. that's what we're feeling in the United States of America. We are feeling the effects of people having a functional disdain for children. Mm. Um, it's not a passive disdain. It's actually an active disdain. You'd be surprised the number of people who feel inclined to to comment on the size of people's families. All the time. All like the they, time. Like they're going to have to take care of them. It is amazing to me. <laughs> it, like, it blows my mind. Like yeah. you're going through the grocery store and you can see people's lips like in that. It looks like they're talking to themselves and they're counting your children. Yeah. Like one, one two, three, four. Five. <laughs> it's like, you know, and I, I'm not I'm not like I am with 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 our family on the radio. Like I don't just like, you know, but there are times that I, that I feel like I want to say six. Yeah, Six. yeah, and I and I think what what's happening there is as they're counting, they're putting themselves in those shoes <laughs> and saying like, "Oh, that's a I could lot." Never. Or yeah, yeah, some people may be thinking, "Yeah, eventually I might have to take care of these people." 
Mm. Which mm. really, it's going to be the other way around. Um, <laughs> it's going to be these people that will be taking care of you. I mean, mm. I, I don't know if we understand the balance of how a culture works and how when people begin to age and, and how the, it's mm. the next generation that is supposed to fill a role. This is in God's wisdom and God's design. In fact, I've jokingly said, I've I've jokingly said um, uh, that, hey, listen, um, you're going to need my kids to come help you. Say that to members. <laughs> listen, don't be nice to them. Be nice to them. Um, but let me get to the article, and then yes. let's let's just kind of have a conversation around this. Okay, so this is the article from the Christian Post. Most adults say they're not planning to have children amid declining birth rates. A new poll finds uh, a growing number of U.S. adults who do not already have children say that they are unlikely ever to have them as birth rates continue to decline across the country, according to a new Pew Research Center survey. Mm -hmm. Researchers asked respondents with no children to rate their desire to have them in the future, while adults who said they already have children were asked to rate their likelihood of having more. So, Will the Great, you and mm -hmm. I would be in that category. Yes. Okay. Respondents were asked, how likely is it that you will have children someday in the future? 44% of non-parents, non-parents ages 18 to 49, said that it is either not too or not at all likely, mm. marking a seven percentage point increase from 37% who said the same thing in a 2018 survey. So we're at 44% of respondents saying that they are not too likely or not at all likely um, versus 37% back in 2018. And these are people who have not had children already. That's exactly right. 49? Yeah. yeah. Like well, that, age, you know, no, no, 44%. No, I mean, I mean 18 okay. to 49, right? The age. Yes. Like, yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Well, listen, okay, so there's a really, there's a bigger picture here. Mm -hmm. We are actually creating the kind of culture that does not normalize sort of the natural growth that is supposed to happen in any culture, in any society. So, mm. so it's not, it's, to me, it's, it's actually not that unthinkable or unbelievable that you have not only, um, a decreased likeliness or a, a decline mm -hmm. in the likelihood of people bearing children, but also an unwillingness to even get married or yeah. to, to have that type of yeah. family structure. We have degraded that in our culture. Mm. That is not something that we celebrate anymore. Right. And, and, and I think that this really adds to overall the way we view children. Mm. Um, back to this article here, 55% of non-parents, 55% of non-parents said that they were either very likely or somewhat likely to have children someday, which that is a decrease from uh, by six percentage points from 2018. Now, when we get back on the other side of the break, what I want to do is kind of pick up with some of these numbers, looking at what those who are parents have said. And then also, and probably our listeners are not going to be surprised by this at all, but when asked why, what the number one reason is for this decline or this decreased likelihood. Um, we're going to talk about that. Why? Why aren't people having kids? Aaron, the Addison's American Family Radio will grab a break and we'll be right back. Never ending. It never runs out on me. Always mending the broken things in It has covered the secrets that bring me to my knees, yeah. Oh, so faithful every morning that I see. Your mercy keeps calling me. 
remember saying, um, like, I think, I don't know if we were already married or if it was when we were doing premarital counseling. Mm-hmm. Um, you talk about all kinds of things, and I think we talked about the number of kids. This may have been after we were married. I don't remember. But I remember saying one kid, maybe two, one or two kids. <laughs> and uh, and you were like, oh, no, three or four. Yeah. And I was like, what craziness, like what wildness of thought is it that you have entered into? And, and, I, and I remember thinking, I'm just going to have to show you. Like, you don't know. You don't understand um, the crazy that you're talking about to have uh, that many kids. Well, we've, well. <laughs> we've now done doubled your low end there. And so, <laughs> and guess what? It is still crazy. Like, yeah. it's crazy. But the Lord has changed my heart. You know what mm. I mean? So it's, it's not that, um, <laughs> so funny. It's, it's not that. Um, the Lord takes away the crazy, right? Because mm-hmm. it's it's wild. <laughs> like you've got six different people with six different personalities, mm. not all in one person, six different. <laughs> yeah, that would be sorry. Uh, pretty scary. Uh, we'd have to work on that. Um, <laughs> we really would need the Lord to change that. Yes. Um, okay, give me a second. So anyways, um, but, but the crazy mm-hmm. is doable and manageable by God's grace. And, mm-hmm. and I wouldn't trade it. I wouldn't trade it. Mm-hmm. I mean, there, there are moments that we kind of look around and we're going to get back to this article. We're asking the question, where have all the children gone? Um, because there's some new Pew research information out, new surveys saying that more and more people are declaring that they're not going to have kids. They, I mean, and, and I'll just jump to the end here, not to, to have you hanging on. Uh, but the number one reason they just don't want them. <laughs> that's their response. Like, what's the reason? When asked for a reason, over half, 56% of the people who said they're not having kids, um, they just don't, I don't want them. Mm-hmm. I just don't want them. The other 43% cited other reasons, including medical issues, finances, not having a partner. I'm reading the article here, climate change and environmental concerns. So many of these other reasons, well, all of these reasons, right, <laughs> could be dealt with in some ways yeah. uh, by having a biblical worldview or right. having an understanding of God's sovereignty. Now, of course, uh, medical issues, I mean, th- that's a legitimate reason, right? Mm-hmm. If people say I have health issues that I, I cannot have children, I mean, obviously, that's a legitimate reason. But that's not the reason that uh, we're leading with in America. Right. That's not the reason that, you know, people are giving overwhelmingly for not mm-hmm. having kids. Uh, we, just we, just, we just We just don't want them. We just don't see the point in having children. And so one of the things that I was thinking about is I was thinking about the scriptures and and I was thinking about how the Bible is very clear on how we are to view children. And interestingly enough, I've had um, I've had a commentary or yeah, I've had a, a commentary up on my desktop here for the last several weeks. And I actually was reading this commentary for a different reason, but it came in handy today as I was reading this, this article and just kind of thinking through the way people see children, myself included, and what the Lord did in my heart. And this is a commentary um, by Spurgeon Mm -hmm. and his commentary was on Psalm 127. Yeah. Psalm 127, five verses. I'm going to read it. And then I want us to just talk about it and just ask the question, um, is the church still leading in a reverence and a right respect um, and a fear of God, but a reverence and a right respect for the word of God? Are we still are we still leading? Are we demonstrating that? Are we showing that? Mm-hmm. And I think when we really drill down and this is why we talk so much about having a biblical worldview, having having a biblical worldview is not believing that the Bible is right or that the Bible is true. 
It is living the Bible where it is prescriptive and it is developing those convictions based on what we see in scripture that we say what the Lord says on issues and, and namely here on people, we say what the Lord says. There are many of us who we would declare ourselves to be pro-life. But if you really drill down, what you find is that we're just like not pro so much of it. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, guys, like, let's just let's just think about this for a second. We are genuinely pro-life. We don't want people um, taking innocent life. We don't want people taking innocent life. Right. But at the same time, the same people who would declare themselves pro-life some of them really don't see the point or the reason for having more than one or two kids. Like, why would you, why would you need to do that? Now, what I want to say is this, and then we'll, we'll turn to uh, Psalm 127. What I want to say is this right at the beginning, because I think that this can be really uh, confusing to people. And, and actually I'm not going to go too far into it because Spurgeon deals with it um, in, in his commentary on Psalm 127. This is not a question of how many kids can we have? Mm-hmm. This is, that's not the heart of it. Right. The, the whole idea and the whole conversation is about do we agree with God about what he says in his word? Do we agree with him? So if God says that children are a blessing. Then how do we arrive at a place where we say they are not? Right. Right. <laughs> right. I mean, that means just, we don't believe the word of God like. I mean, to be simple about it, if, yeah, if the word of I God think, says yeah. this and but in our hearts and in our actions, maybe not with our words, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> we show that we don't adhere to that. then we don't believe what God is saying in his word. Absolutely. And, and I would say that these numbers, in addition to the numbers that I think are mirrored in the church, mm-hmm. I, I don't think that the church is like lagging super far behind what we see when we look at America as a whole. Yeah. And that's unfortunate. I think that we just sort of keep up with current cultural norms, yeah. which, man, I regret that that's, that's true for us as believers because we're really charged with being salt and light. We're charged with leading. We're charged with setting an example. We, who are the followers of the Lord Jesus Christ, at the very least, and again, again, this does not mean that you've got to be um, like set as your goals to be the Duggars. Right. Like, that's not what it's about. But it's about the heart that agrees with God that children are a blessing. Mm. Please understand that the war on children, as we often are talking about, even the war in the womb, right? Like to to snuff out life in the womb. This comes from the thought that children are a burden. Mm. Guys, and and, and look, yeah, you're right. They're they're not useful. Right. Right. Like, why do you why do you you don't need these children? You don't mm. need to have these children. Mm. You don't need um, as as uh, Planned Parenthood calls it. the You don't need the product of of uh, of conception. You don't you don't need the product of, of you know, whatever, uh, however they describe it. <laughs> going to great lengths to not say a child. Yeah. A person made in the image of God. Right. So anyway, here's Psalm 127. All right. And again, in the context, we're talking, we're asking the question, where have all the children gone? Why is it that people are not having kids? Pew Research has found that uh, they don't want to. (laughs) Wish there were were a more scientific thing to point to, but overwhelmingly, (laughs) it's just people don't want to. Don't want. Are you guys going to have any kids? No, we don't want to. Right. And then also, you know, the climate. And we're not, we're not, we're not going to contribute to that. You know what I mean? (laughs) 
Uh, anyways, all right. Psalm 127, Psalm 127, unless the Lord builds the house, those mm-hmm. who build it labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. It is in vain that you rise up early and go late to rest, eating the bread of anxious toil, for he gives to his beloved sleep. Mm. Almost sounds like a Sabbath. He gives rest <laughs> to those that he loves. Why do you have to toil? Mm. Um, and Hobby Lobby's like, ding, thumbs up. <laughs> uh, verse three, behold, children are a heritage from the Lord. The fruit of the womb, a reward. Like arrows in the hand of a warrior are the children of one's youth. Verse five, blessed is the man who fills his quiver with them. He shall not be put to shame when he speaks with his enemies in the gate. So I was reading this uh, commentary by Spurgeon Mm -hmm. on Psalm 127, and he calls it the builder's psalm, the builder's psalm. And he says that all of the components of this psalm points to the building of a house, but it is a spiritual building of a house in addition to the physical labor that goes into building a house or upkeeping a city or land or, or any of those things. Mm-hmm. And what I want to do is I want to skip in the commentary to uh, verse three, because he takes each of these verses and he kind of breaks them down and you'll hear um, the language of the time. And, and I mean, which I appreciate when I read um, from you know old <laughs> men of faith. Um, I, I think it's wonderful. So here you go, verse three, and he begins each of his uh, commentary points with quoting the scripture. Low children are an heritage of the Lord. So he's, that's verse three. And then here is Spurgeon. This points to another mode of building up a house, namely by leaving descendants to keep our name and family alive upon the earth. Without this, what is a man's purpose in accumulating wealth? Let me pause for a second. There are so many people who would have an answer for him today. <laughs> that does not include children. That, well, I'll tell you. I mean, golly, there's a lot of reasons. Back to Spurgeon. To what purpose does he build a house if he has none in his household to hold the house after him? Again, people would have a lot of reasons to give you. Mm. What boots it that he is the possessor of broad acres if he has no heir? Mm. Yet in this matter, a man is powerless without the Lord. The great Napoleon, with all his sinful care on this point, could not create a dynasty. Hundreds of wealthy persons would give half their estates if they could hear the cry of a babe born of their own bodies. (laughs) Children are a heritage which Jehovah himself must give or a man will die childless and thus his house will be unbuilt. And then he goes back to quoting the scripture, the rest of that verse. And the fruit of the womb is a reward. Spurgeon's commentary or a reward from God. He gives children. Now, listen, and and I thought this point was so poignant and I thought it was so important to point this out because I think for many Americans, even though, man, we live in the wealthiest land and we have been on the receiving end of such bountiful blessings from the Lord in America, overwhelmingly, even those who have children Mm. see them as a burden. Even those who have children see them as a burden. But here's Spurgeon. He gives children not as a penalty, nor as a burden, but as a favor. Mm. Man, I'm going to pause for a second there. Do you remember the comments from President Obama when he said that if his daughter made a mistake, he didn't want her punished with the baby? Mm. Now, you know, 
You could go back on that. Well, I I, I, I spoke out of charge. I didn't mean it. No, he meant exactly what he said. Yeah. He meant exactly what he said, that if his daughter made a mistake, he didn't want her to be punished with a baby. This is in direct opposition to what God says about children. Right. God alone is the giver of life. Amen. And but but we miss this because we have our own human effort. There are certain things that we can do. So we we feel in control emphasis on the word control. Guys, come on. What kind of culture do we live in? We live in a culture that controls everything, even birth. We control it. We, we determine. We tell God what we're willing and what we're unwilling to do. Back to Spurgeon. They are a token for good if men know how to receive them and educate them. He continues. They are doubtful blessings only because we are doubtful persons where society is rightly ordered. Children are regarded not as an encumbrance, but as an inheritance Mm. and they are received not with regret, but as a reward. He writes, if we are overcrowded in England and so seem to be embarrassed with too large an increase, we must remember that the Lord does not order us to remain in this narrow Island but would have us fill those boundless regions which wait for the ax and the plow. Yet even here, with all the straits of limited incomes, our best possessions are our own dear offspring for whom we bless God every day. Mm. He goes to verse four. As arrows are in the hand of a mighty man, so are children of the youth. Spurgeon's commentary now. Children born to men in their early days by God's blessing become the comfort of their riper years. A man of war is glad of weapons which may fly where he cannot. Good sons are their father's arrows speeding to hit the mark which their sires aim at. What wonders a good man can accomplish if he has affectionate children to second his desires and lend themselves to his designs to this end, we must have our children in hand while they are yet children or they are never likely to be so when they are grown up and we must try to point them and straighten them so as to make arrows of them in their youth, lest they should prove crooked and unserviceable in after life. Let the Lord favor us with loyal, obedient, affectionate offspring, and we shall find in them our best helpers. Mm. We shall see them shot forth into life to our comfort and delight if we take care from the very beginning that they are directed to the right point. Mm. Now he goes on and and he talks about the quiver and, and it's not about filling the quiver and your quiver can be full if your quiver even is small Mm -hmm. and understanding this. It is the heart behind the way we think of children. Yeah. And one of the things that I found so convicting about this article, again, I'm, I'm always asking the question, you know, how does the church shape up um, when juxtaposed against the world? Like when we are held up against those who don't fear God and those who don't shun evil, are we different? And I think what we can find, even by anecdotal evidence, like just look around, families are in decline. And the families that have more than what we think is enough, um, those kind of become the objects of scorn. We're just kind of like, oh, goodness. I mean, guys, I don't want to embarrass you, but it never seems to embarrass the people who make the comments to me and Will. Like, I mean, it never (laughs) seems to embarrass them. So, I, I mean, I guess we're all family, you know. 
but you have people walk up to you say, you know what causes that, right? <laughs> like as like it's as if it's a sickness that we sh- that you, you well I mean, you got a remedy for that you don't have to have all those kids <laughs> and you just pause for a second you just go oh so we're that kind of close we're just <laughs> all right let's grab the break we'll come back and open the phone lines Aaron the Addison's American Family Radio stay right there oh, this is chill. the moment we this is the road you chose to take away. What about love? I know me and you ain't the same. What about love? I know me and you ain't the same. Proverbs chapter 14, verse 4 says, Where there are no oxen, the manger is clean, but abundant crops come by the strength of the ox. So, like, you have some people who are just like, you know, man, my manger is clean. I don't have all of those issues. Like, I don't have, you know, I don't have to worry about that. But, you know, then you're going to want to turn around and you want to, but where are your crops, though? Mm-hmm. Like, where, where, in other words, where's the blessing? Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. where, where is, so, so we, we live in, in a, in a culture mm-hmm. that if I could just say, um, please, uh, celebrate selfishness. We, we celebrate just, you know, I do what I want. I come and go as I want. I don't I don't have to worry about anybody. I take I take care of myself. I you know, we're we're a bootstraps kind of culture. Yeah. And we unfortunately have put kids in that category that yeah. if if they're not gonna allow us to be able to reach the straps, you know what I mean? And we can, then I don't have any I don't have any time or any space for that. Um we're asking the question, where have all the children gone? Uh, new Pew research uh, survey reports that more and more Americans are uh, deciding that they're not gonna have kids. And and this is a shame because the Lord has already said what he said. <laughs> I say that respectfully, but he has already said what he said about children. And uh, what is left for us is to agree with him. And I understand that this is going to look differently in everybody's home. But I think the question is the attitude of the heart. Where do we find ourselves in all of this? What I want to do now is I want to open the phone lines up and I want to finish up this article as the calls get queued up. Um, I want to get your take on this. What, how do you think that we've arrived here? Do you think that I'm mistaken in my observations uh, within the church? Do you think mm-hmm. that there is an explosion of childbirth in the church? Do you think um, that it's not so bad for the Christian as it, as it pertains to children, the way we see them? Well, I'm yeah. open to all of that. Well, I know one thing that I, yeah. I've seen, I haven't done like a, a study or, but just looking at myself that there are a lot of uh, people who are getting married later and later. Yes. You know, yes. and that may add to, the not having children or having, you know, uh, a lesson, you know, not too many. But yeah, the thing, the yeah. thing is, I think this topic is one that we have to really seek the Lord on because it's going to take a change in our mindset, you know, to to go away from what this culture deems as, you know, important and, mm-hmm. and stuff like that to what the Word of God says, you know. That's right. Um, because it's 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 clear that children are a blessing from God's vantage point, you know, Amen. and it should, we should have that same heart. And I know like you, like, man, it, it hasn't always been, you know, a, a mainstay in my heart that way, but I could never get away from the word of God, the Amen. word of God. And I, we used to talk about this. I, yeah. I said children are a blessing, you know, you don't see and then anywhere. You, then you turn and say, do you believe that? Right. Yeah. Do you believe that man. I mean, and that's, that's always that deer in headlights question. Yeah. 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 Do a, you believe that? It's clear as whether or not we want to believe it or not, 
you know, whether we feel like it fits in our agenda or our plan, but the word of God is the word of God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Amen. Amen. The number is 888-589-8840. 888-589-8840. A little bit more from this uh, Christian Post article that I found interesting. Researchers found that among both parents and non-parents, men and women were equally likely to say that they will probably not have kids mm-hmm. or have more kids in the future. So mm-hmm. it wasn't a thing where it was like mostly men saying, nah, it's both men and women um, kind of equally saying the same thing. We don't, we're not going to have kids. Um, when it comes to parents who say that they are unlikely to have more kids in the future, more children in the future, 63% said it's because they just don't want to, mm-hmm. because they just don't want to fathers at 69% we're more likely to say that than the mothers. I just don't want any more. The fathers were more likely to say than the mothers. Mothers at 59%, still a high percentage of moms saying, no, I just don't want to have any more. And I think, man, and when you have these kinds of conversations, it can be really tricky, right? Because yeah. you, somebody's going to feel like you're trying to condemn them. In fact, when man, I would meet yeah. people and talk to people and have these conversations when my heart was in a different place. Now, look, it is not about the number of children. Right. But what I can tell you, man, and sadly sadly, what I can tell you is that here I am as a pro-life activist. Mm -hmm. Here I am talking about the joys and the blessings of parenthood and, and secretly what's happening in my heart is that, Oh, please Lord. Not, no, not, I can't, not another one, Mm -hmm. not another one. I, I just, I have. And so what does God deal with? God deals with our heart. Yeah. It's not it's not whether or not we look the part to other people or people would say, oh, they've got three children. That's wonderful. I mean, because I could I could I could argue I'm doing my part. I got my two point five. Right. Like I'm I'm doing my part. Mm -hmm. But what God is after is that we agree with him, that we agree with him. And and only, you know, if in your heart you agree with God, there are ways for us to reason this away or to, you know, we have all of those things. But at the end of the day, what is it that God drills down to? He drills down to the heart. And man, praise God that the Holy Spirit of God comes to reside in us so that, man, he searches us Mm. and he brings these things to light. Like, I, you know, it was it was hard. And I've written about this, but it was hard for me to come to grips with the fact that I, while having children, had a disdain for them. I wasn't I wasn't able to find the joy in the rearing of my children, but just kind of trying to get them to that point of independence. Yeah, guys. Listen, we are missing something that the Lord has given us by way of undeniable, indisputable blessing. You say, well, what do you mean undeniable, indisputable? Well, because he said it. <laughs> like he, he said that children are a blessing. All right, let's go to the phone lines. 888-589-8840. Will the Great, where do we go first? All right, let's go to Michael in Arkansas. Hi, Michael. Hey, how are you two? Doing Hello. good. Um, I just have uh, two quick comments, and then I'll get off here. I have the exact opposite experience. My wife and I only have uh, one child. Mm-hmm. She lost one before him and, like, mm-hmm. three after him, and due to medical issues, just <sighs> has trouble carrying. Yeah. And we constantly get asked, well, why do you just have one? Uh... Is he lonely? Is he socially awkward? So forth and so on. And then uh, the other comment, I'll get off here, of uh, I personally think there's a decline in population because only X amount of souls are going to be allowed to be born before the end. Hmm. Oh, that's interesting, that could Michael. Possibly be why we're having a decline in population because we're getting closer to that time. 
Hmm. That's interesting. I don't know if we have a, a biblical support for that. I would mm-hmm. always want to toggle back to the scripture and say and ask the question, do we have a support for that? I know what we what we do have a biblical support for is the fruitfulness of mankind yeah. uh, to fill the to fill the earth, to, to populate the earth and to fill it and to spread out across yeah. it. Yeah. Um, and we saw what happened when man decided he wasn't going to do that. Right. Um, God said, oh, yes, you will. <laughs> and uh, and then henceforth, um languages and people groups and and, and all of this. And so, but I do want to comment on Michael's, uh, his first comment. Mm -hmm. And I I just want to say that it's really painful um, to, to lose a child. We actually suffered a miscarriage Mm -hmm. and that is not something that a lot of people can understand. Um, Some, some people are as disconnected as the pagans from the fact that that's actually life growing inside your body. So when you you suffer the loss of a child that you're carrying, that is a death that you mourn over. And um, and so I think it's I'm I'm sorry that Michael has had that experience where people, you know, not knowing what the right. circumstance is or right. not knowing what the situation is, which is why it's so good. Let me just say this to every Christian. We already know this. So I'm just going to run a highlighter over it. It's really good not to be self-righteous, isn't it? Mm. It's really good not to look at the size of your family and to think, ah, see, I'm approved of by God because I got four. Mm. I'm approved of by God because I got five. It's really good to not do that. It's it's good to allow the Holy Spirit to search your heart and for you to align yourself with the word of God and not to look at somebody else's barn. You know, you you understand what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like, where are your oxen at? You know, like it's it's really good not to do that. So that you would avoid situations like our brother Michael is describing. With a great, where do we go next? All right, let's go to Archie in Louisiana. Hi, Archie. Hey guys, how you doing, man? I appreciate it. Uh, listen, you guys know, and so you've been alluded to it the whole way. This this thing about children and lack of them is spiritual. It's the mm. devil. Mm. He has he has so shaped the minds of people in the culture that they don't think about children as a blessing from God. Mm-hmm. They don't even mm-hmm. think about the commands of God to multiply and be fruitful and the blessings that go with them. You know, and it's, it's sad because in a lot of cases, the church does that's the same way the world does. So if we think that way, you know, and obviously there are reasons why people can't have children. We're not talking about that. Right. Mm-hmm. If we think that way, we have no respect and value for children. How can we expect the world to? Yeah. Satan can only lie, steal, kill, and destroy. That's all he can do. Mm-hmm. And when you look at it, abortion, Overdose on, on, on fentanyl and death, killing all that, it's an attack on the youth to not to have children to be produced. And mm-hmm. so this is spiritual. I mean, yeah. and so we, we know what it's about. And so we just got to, you know, continue to do what you guys are doing is to lay it out there so people can see it. And given what the Word of God says about children and how valuable they really are. Man, thank, thank you so you, much for those comments, Archie. And and man, I, I want to double back to that. This is spiritual. And I, I and I would challenge all of our listeners to think about um the rebellion of the enemy against God, right? So whatever God says, Satan says the opposite. <laughs> God calls us to obey him. Satan says, do what you want. God calls us to be fruitful and multiply, and Satan calls us to control and to shut down and to reduce, right? Mm. God says that he watches over the earth, that that everything consistent is held together by the Lord, like it's it's under his command that he is holding all of these things together. And then Satan says, no, it depends on every human, mm. all human effort. Stop populating. You guys are killing the planet. So, so, so now we've got all of these people who believe that the, the planet is uh, sustained because of them, that, that they are doing this when God said that he is doing it, 
that he uniquely made this planet inhabitable for us. He says that in his word, right? But, but the enemy says, no, it's something that you've done. And, and it's something that you've got to continue to do if you expect to be able to live on it. And so if you look, and that's just a few, I mean, I'm sure that our listeners could come up with others. Wherever the Lord God says something, you watch the enemy says the opposite, but he says it with the type of subtlety that you think it's kind of not the exact opposite. It's just a different take on the same, but it's not a different take on the same. It is the opposite. Mm. If God says yes, the enemy says no. If God says no, the enemy says yes. Think about that. And that's the kind of culture that we live in. And it's almost kind of become normalized. It's just become one of those things that we accept. Will the Great, where do we go next? All right, let's go to Christy in Alabama. Hi, Christy. Hello. How are you? Hello. I wanted to, I wanted to, I know you're doing wonderful and you're blessing my life and my family. Um, I am the mother of 10 and a grandmother of six. I actually have 11. We lost our first son and in 1989 at a young age, three months of age, mm. but we have 10 still living. And so, you know, the first thing I want to say is thank you for your service and ministry. Um, I normally didn't get to used to listen to the radio during the child raising years. I was quite busy, but as I've grown, <laughs> my youngest is 13. I've been just extremely blessed to be able to listen to your ministry. Mm. And it's such an encouragement. Well, thank you, Christy. That thank is you, an Christy. encouragement. Thank you so much. Man, I was um, I was going to make a joke with Christy, um, but then I don't know. It might turn me into the kind of people <laughs> that, you know, but like, don't compete with me, Christy. All right. You got it. She's like, <laughs> she's like oh, you have six. That's great. We have 10, uh, 11, but one is with the Lord. <laughs> thank you, Christy. I appreciate your encouragement. I don't know if there was more that Christy wanted to say. If not, we'll go. So. Okay, well, where do we go next, Will the Great? All right, let's go to Cynthia in Texas. Hi, Cynthia. Hi. Hello. Uh, <laughs> I'm enjoying your program very much, and I just have a few comments. Mm-hmm. Uh, sure. I agree with everything you're saying, but in my opinion, without children, we can't really understand God's love for us until we have them and have the responsibility for them. And uh, we learned, like you said, not to be selfish and those things. And then also, uh, a long time ago, uh, people needed children to help, uh, you know, to work on a farm, that sort of thing. The more (laughs) children you had, the better things were. Mm -hmm. And that's wonderful for kids to work alongside parents like you do with your children on the radio. Uh, It's sharing and the children uh, learn responsibility and they learn how to uh, get along in the world and get along with other people when we have a large family. Um, I just, I guess that's about all I have to say is without children, we wouldn't really know what love is, I don't think. Now, Cynthia, thank you. thank you so much for your comments. I really do appreciate that. And that's, you know, that's such an interesting observation. Like uh, you think of the spiritual parallels for the the naturally occurring structures that we have. And this is we're studying through this with our kids and our local fellowship. This is not an afterthought of God. This God intended to do this, to take um, what we would consider shadows and types in the Old Testament and then bring to the fore um, a spiritual pr- uh, principle in the New Testament. Um, children 
and marriage or let me say it in the opposite order marriage and children <laughs> are like those things they illustrate a deep spiritual principle it is a it is a um uh, a metaphor, if you will, for something deeply spiritual that we miss. Now, again, and I, I just want to say this as kind of the last thought here. This is not to say that a person who is unable to have children cannot understand the love of God or cannot grow in the knowledge of who God is, because obviously, obviously the apostle Paul did, right? Mm -hmm. But God has given us these spiritual principles that we find, that we discover, we uncover when we obey him and submit to his leadership. This is a question of the attitude of our heart mm. is what we're driving at. We're out of time until tomorrow. Lord willing. God bless.